This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. We're going to get into that weak sauce deal, Mox, but there was some breaking news. As I'm coming on, a judge has rejected the DOJ's bid to stop the special master appointment in the Trump handling of classified documents case. Dustin Mox. Good evening, Cicero. Love your face, RB. I need some weed. Warlord, Warlord, good evening. We're going to see what the legal reasoning is. The DOJ said that they would win on appeal. It's the same judge. It's the Eileen Cannon. This was her ruling. So the DOJ is going to take it to a a judge above her to appeal it. So we'll see exactly what happens. Ray, good evening. I've missed your face, but I I have noticed that you have commented on on videos. Doesn't seem like it's that long since uh, you popped into the live chat. But I'm happy to have you here. It is a beautiful day. Oh, I'm sure I can guess their general judicial temperament. Ooh, speaking of judicial temperament. Um, I had a... I had this dude trying to troll me on Twitter. And I don't remember how we got on the uh, militia groups from uh, Michigan that were accused of trying to kidnap Governor Whitmer. And he said, two of them were acquitted for entrapment. And I said, acquitted for entrapment isn't a thing. They don't like get up and say, we acquit you because you were entrapped by the federal government. The jury might have found that the uh, prosecution didn't prove their case. But just because they acquitted them, found them not guilty, doesn't mean they are innocent. And it doesn't mean that the jury agreed with the defense's argument. And I said, I can tell you've never been in a courtroom in your life. To which he posted a, like, uh, outstanding lawyer certificate. He was like, oh yeah, well how did I get this? And it said, outstanding lawyer. Uh, what? No, no, uh, Mox, two, uh, two of them were acquitted, and then there were two of them that they, there was a mistrial declared because the jury couldn't come to uh, an agreement. They were retried, and they were convicted. So the kid presents me with, <laughs> with this certificate. This is Outstanding Lawyer Award. It was a 2020 mock trial competition in Georgia for high school students. So he was trying to tell me that he had argued cases in front of a judge as if he was a lawyer and presented this certificate that said outstanding lawyer, but it was just, he got a pat on the, on the head 
when he was in high school. It was hilarious. I'm sorry, Warlord. I'm sorry your Twitch be freezing. My uh, my computer is doing some weird shit. That's why I had to stop and come back on. If you uh, if you had this teen study Bible in 19... I'm going to expand to like 1994 to 1998 because 1998, when I graduated 8th grade, is when I was given this teen study Bible. Can't explain it, but if you had this Bible in 1994 to 1998, you're queer now. Or, I mean, bisexual. You're definitely not straight. We didn't have a bar card because he certainly didn't pass the bar, but I laughed my ass off because the funniest thing was like, I didn't even fall for it. It was like, I know you're not a lawyer. I can tell by the way you're talking. Monsieur. Useful charts, video on modern Bibles. I am indeed hell-bound. For numerous reasons. For being a woke moralist. For living in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Hell, even even once upon a time, I smoked a little crack. I was on crack. Right, right. We're going to hear from Mike Lindell. I can't help it. I can't help it. As if there's as if there's anything else to be said about this story. I just I can't help it. He keeps going on news outlets. He was on with Steve Bannon talking about how he's going to sue. He was on a, his own show or Newsmax or something saying some other batshit crazy. We're going to watch some Mike Lindell tonight. I can't I can't help myself. There's no there's no newsworthiness. We're going we're going to get plenty of our vegetables, our greens, our vitamins when we talk about the railway strike. We're going to cover the migrant story tonight. Uh both Governor Ron DeSantis and Governor Greg Abbott have been sending buses full of migrants. We're going to talk about how that is a callback to a very racist tactic. And uh, how it might also violate federal law. Fortunately, a bill to protect codify same-sex marriage rights uh, has hit a snag and hasn't been voted on yet. Hopefully will still be voted on. But as of today, has hit a snag. Elizabeth Warren calls out Senator Rick Scott for his uh, feeble attempt to try to block student loan forgiveness. The right is all up in arms about Senator Mazzy Hirono and her speech yesterday. They are saying that she is calling for violence against pro-life Americans in her speech. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead. Spoiler alert. I'm gonna. She was not calling for violence in her speech. She said it was a call to arms. As some some idiot on Twitter has been arguing with me, I just keep posting this definition. A call to arms. A call to prepare for a confrontation. 
a call to prepare for a confrontation. That is the Oxford definition. A call to prepare for a confrontation. Trump's former intel chief is worried that Putin had dirt on him. At least that's according to a new book, but once again, I'm always skeptical when these books come out. We get news stories that look like news stories, but they're really just promotion for their stupid-ass books. I always hate these, but like, it's also newsworthy, so we gotta talk about it. A teen in Iowa who killed her rapist has raised over 200 grand in under 24 hours. Her legal fund. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. There has been a investigation into all the shady dealings of that police department, including numerous gangs. Numerous gangs in the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. The cops executed a a search warrant on the county supervisor investigating them. Sounds like some shady shit to me. That, that, That department's been up to some bullshit. It was a woman arrested in South Korea apparently had a a body in her suitcase and we're going to discuss the split verdict for R. Kelly all that and more here on the Troll Patrol Live who'd I miss saying hey to? Media Winch I love your face I'm so glad you're here Dustin good evening I'm not high enough for this shit Bannon is a CIA operative. Nah, I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Okay, Warlord. So the closet was good. Here's the thing: is I really wanted to. Uh, I really wanted to hate that song, but I actually sat down and watched the video, and I'm like, oh, this is actually really fucking good. Now, I ain't watching it here. Like, I'm talking about, like, back in the time, like, 2006, 2007-ish when it came out. I still prefer uh, Weird Al's. That's a hard pill to swallow. What? That R. Kelly... That... that The closet was good. I... I wanted to mock it, man. But, like, it's like a 10-minute song, 11-minute song. What movie? I don't know what movie we're talking about. Ben stabbed you in the back. <laughs> Monsoor. Oh, the weird... Oh, I don't think it's a documentary. I think it's... Uh, um, Daniel Radcliffe. It's like a... It's a... Uh, what, what do you call it? D- docudrama. It's a biographical drama or whatever the fuck. Yeah, with Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al. It's on... I think it might be out already. It's on Prime or Hulu or Apple TV or one of the many fucking streaming services that you can't keep up with anymore. I hope the having to, to go off and come back on... 
Warning about the neighborhood Karen. Draw that kind of shit in the YouTube or in the Discord, says Ro. God, this is this is so much like a, a fucking shit we watched the other day. The woman up in uh, was it Alaska? And she had the creepy dolls all around her house. Not high enough for this shit. I'm gonna have to get a little high. Another one of those days where I cooked dinner, but yet uh, didn't get a chance to eat before I came on. Roasted tomato. Reject your verification. That's weird. That's fucking weird. What would reject your verification? I'm sorry, Cicero. We have a lot of fun over on the Discord. You should totally join in. Probably should hang out in the Discord. I've been uh, I've been trying to put a a new short up on YouTube before I go on today. I I hacked up my uh, YouTube trailer and made it into a a TikTok YouTube short Instagram Reels style video. This is the thumbnail I made for it. I. Why aren't you watching the Troll Patrol? I think that'll get some attention. Some, some of my thumbs I've made for this shit, I've, I cracked myself up. The fucking Lauren Bobert with her wonton killing. The, the, the Trump cries wanting to be reinstated. This was not funny, it just looks good. I did a, I did a good job with that. Graphics game on point. But also, it's kind of what I do for a living, so... It's to be expected. I would just like to get to the point where my shit makes me money as opposed to the shit I do for other people. Fucking... I was wondering... We we went... We Fucking Labor Day came and went. My God... Labor Day came and went. I have a. I work for a union busting organization. I make their propaganda. It didn't hit me up at all the week of Labor Day. And I thought that was odd. Like I woke up on Monday or Tuesday, and there were like 15 videos they wanted me to make. Ida, good evening. Love your face. Like it's good money, but goddamn, they dumped it all on me at once. I was up until. Five in the morning, not finishing that. Two nights in a row, too. Two nights in a row, I've been like, I just want to get this done so I can go to bed. I swear, we'll get to the news here in just a second. And if you're new here, like I've been, I've been doing a lot of promotion. Uh, the. The subscribers to the YouTube and shit are up. So if you are new to the channel, allow me to introduce myself. I am Justin Freakin. We do a nightly news show. And I can sum up my political philosophy by saying that I would give anything, anything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. I stand on a political platform of give me that eye pussy.
I I don't know if that is actually I don't know if hitting that graphic as an introduction to myself to people who've never met me before is actually a good way to win people over. That may horrify people and be like, I do not want to be in the stream of the guy that wants to piss in some other guy's eye. More of a domination thing. It's not like a kink that I actually want to piss in his eye. I just don't want to dominate him. I show him who's boss. The true alpha male around here. <laughs> Fork my territory. That's what I want to do. <laughs> uh... Oh, Monsoor, thank you. I appreciate you. I, God. What ha what happens if in like ten years, like Crenshaw like sees a light and he turns socialist and shit? Motherfuckers running for for president on the like Green Party ticket. Like how how am I gonna take that one back? Ain't ever gonna happen. Ain't never gonna happen. Yeah, Fox News consultant. Should should he um. Should he not be in politics very much longer? Which doesn't look like he has very good um, political instincts. Be a lobbyist. He'll be a talking head on Fox. I think I think he'll be a talking head on Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, whatever. Maybe he'll have a show on AM Talk Radio. That kind of deal. That Crenshaw will always be around. Then again, you never know. You never know. 20 years can really change things. It's like we played that uh we played that ad that Dick Cheney did for Lynn Cheney about how like Donald Trump was the biggest threat to the country. And if like <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter or something say it, if you went back to 2003 and played a person from 2003 that ad of Dick Cheney talking about Donald Trump being an existential threat to democracy, it would baffle them. It did not have zipper pockets. No, that was a hard cover. I had it. I had that Bible. I used it to prop up a TV stand for the longest time. But I had that exact same Bible, which, which is what made the meme funny to me. And not only that, they gave it to me when I, I graduated 8th grade from a Christian school. It was engraved. It was engraved. It had gold engraving on the bottom right-hand corner. The Saved by the Bell splash screen. That's exactly what it looks like. There ain't nothing more 90s than that fucking Bible. I... So sorry, I feel like uh, the right thing to do tonight would be to start with the breaking news about Trump and the special master, but that happened like literally within minutes of me coming on, so my show is not laid out that way. You're going to get that story in about an hour, maybe? 
Tonight, we're going to start off with what I think is the actual biggest story of the day. Not the most uh, sensational, probably. The biggest story of the day is the fact that a deal has been struck tentatively. Tentatively. Remember, the deadline is tonight at midnight. Man, it keeps doing this thing where it it fucks with my extensions or some shit. Motherfucker. <laughs> ah, never mind. Luckily for me, I had like a 15-minute Democracy Now! piece on it, so fuck you, Washington Post. I was going to get the bourgeoisie. Negotiators for railroad companies and workers have reached a... I was going to get the bourgeoisie Bezos thoughts on the whole railroad worker strike thing. And then go to democracy now, but now you get democracy now. Tentative deal to avert a potential strike that was set to start at <clears> 12.01 <throat> Eastern time. Just I'm, I'm sorry, I thought I muted myself. Shut down rail service across the United States. This comes... Chrysanthemum, good evening. Somebody, somebody shout out Chrysanthemum for me. Love your face. I'm so glad to see you. hours into the early morning today with President Biden calling in personally around 9 p.m. Wednesday night to the meeting. A railroad worker strike could upset the country's supply chain of food and much more, potentially causing prices to skyrocket. It would also shut down travel for long-distance passenger trains, which use the same tracks as freight rail. The White House announced the agreement in a statement early this morning, calling it an important win for our economy and the American people. The deal must still be ratified by union members. The Washington Post reports it meets one of the workers' key demands, quote, the ability you're not to following chrysanthemum, medical care. I don't love your face. I lied to, to you earlier when I said I loved your Washington face. Washington Post reporter Lauren Cowrie-Gurley wrote on Twitter, workers will receive voluntary assigned days off and a single additional paid day off. They previously did. One, one single Day off. I mean, it's better than not receiving any sick days. My God. Did not receive sick days. The agreement provides members with ability to take unpaid days for medical care without being subject to attendance policies. For more, we go to Reno, Nevada. We're joined by Ron. Mox, I hadn't heard the details yet. You know, like I don't, I don't read stories until I get on here with you guys. But like, I'm, I'm with you now. I, they should reject this deal. Common Cow, a locomotive engineer who's worked in both freight and passenger service, and first hired out as a brakeman with Conrail in 1996. He's the organizer for the Railroad Workers United, previously served as the secretary and general secretary of the RWU, which is an interunion. Now is the moment. Now is the moment. They will never have more power than they have now. With the Biden administration feeling like it's on its way up and that it's got political capital. Like, they are scared of this strike happening. They have... The most power. 
they could possibly have at this moment. Reject this deal. I'm for rejecting this deal. Of railroad workers across North America. We welcome you to Democracy Now!, Ron. Uh, this news came out a few hours before Democracy Now! went on the air. Um, can you talk about this tentative deal? What was at stake um, for the workers and for um, rail across the country? Well, good morning, Amy. It's, uh, it's pretty early out here on the, on the West Coast. I did get the news. I think all of us are now trying to uh, make some sense of what the tentative agreement is. Without actually seeing that agreement in writing, it's very hard to make any kind of statement of, of support or opposition to it. Uh, it does sound like the three major sticking points uh, for the operating craft unions were these basically three issues. Uh, most over-the-road uh, freight train operators in this country, engineers and conductors, have traditionally not had any paid sick leave. Uh, so that was issue number one. It sounds like the tentative agreement grants a single sick leave day, uh, which is a, a bit of an insult, one would think. I would think uh, two weeks, bare minimum sick leave. I know, like, it seems it seems like a lot of places have, like, a three-day. They give you, like, three days. Motherfucker. It should be, like, two weeks. Uh, most workers have 10 to 15 sick days, I believe. Uh, so it sounds like the tentative agreement has one single uh, paid sick leave day. Uh, also, it sounds like we will not be penalized now for taking time off work, uh, for medical appointments. Uh, and then last but not least, um, it sounds like there is going to be some sort of semblance of a schedule. And that probably is the key here because railroad workers traditionally- Literally uh, run our economy, Phoebe. Good evening, I love your face. Subject to a two hour call uh, 24 seven. And it seems like to bring us into the modern era, we should have some semblance of a work schedule. Now, it says uh, what I read, a voluntary assigned days off. It's hard to say exactly what that means. And the devil's in the details. The rank and file will have the last word. And so it will be circulated amongst the membership in the coming days and weeks. And uh, we'll have a much better idea probably by this afternoon exactly what this tentative agreement that was brokered holds for railroad workers. Ron, could you uh, explain uh, when unions started opposing these conditions? I mean, some of the things that uh, they've been protesting, uh, uh, what you've just pointed out, uh, that uh, workers were penalized for taking, uh, uh, for having medical appointments or taking sick leave. I mean, the fact that there was absolutely no paid sick leave. How long have these conditions been protested? And, and also, how many unions were involved? I'll start with the first question. Um, this this culmination that that's we're seeing has been 30 years in the making. I entered the industry 26 years ago. 30 fucking years. The lack of time off, the number of hours that we would work, uh, and you could make good money. This was a job traditionally that you could uh, you could hold with a high school uh, graduate, and. Um, 
there was a time when railroad workers actually had the ability to do what's called mark off. If you're a brakeman, conductor, engineer, and uh, take a week or two off to take care of business, get some rest, um, enjoy a new romance. I call it. Good evening. We lost all that. Love and your now face. It's lean and mean. They do not want one more worker on the payroll than absolutely necessary. So lean staffing lost the rights maximize profit work when we want and not when we don't want to work. Uh, a lot of our jobs used to be good money. We have decimated the industries. Uh, and that has been getting more and more restrictive with the passing years. We've never had sick time, but t- recently it, it wasn't really an issue because the right to work when you wanted to and not when you didn't want to was considered one of the perks and benefits of a, a railroad job in the operating crafts. That has gone away completely and been replaced by harsh attendance policies. And this trend has accelerated, particularly under the new operating plan that has most all of the big class one railroads uh, in its in its grips right now, which is this thing called precision scheduled railroading, which is just a fancy way of saying lean and mean production. We're going to cut maintenance. We're going to cut costs. We're going to cut staffing and otherwise do whatever we can to uh, pump up the stock price, uh, increase cut maintenance, the, uh, put people at risk, profitability of the carrier, uh, reduce the operating ratio and so forth. And one of those ways to do that is assumed is to get more work out of the existing workforce and it's made for a completely miserable situation uh in recent years it was already bad 25 years ago when i was in the freight industry and so what we're seeing now is workers with 5 10 and 20 years seniority leaving the industry uh something that was unheard of even uh 10 years ago um is now very very commonplace um as for the second question, uh, unfortunately, we have 12 unions on the railroad. Uh, we started to organize early on. Railroading was a very dangerous industry. There's a puppy. In the century. Don't run after the so train, puppy. Workers were some of the first to organize, but we organized along craft union lines. This quickly was understood by many union leaders and most rank and filers that was quite inefficient. Unfortunately, in 1926, the Railway Labor Act kind of ossified this archaic system. And to this day, we're still left with 12 different unions, all at the bargaining table, uh, who have the ability to cut deals, reach tentative agreements uh, on their own. And some of these unions actually have a very small number of members. Uh, So at the end of the day, the whole bargaining uh, of railroad workers would be made much more streamlined and i believe railroad workers would have a lot more power if we could go into bargaining uh with these fortune 500 corporations the class one carriers uh united as one single organization but unfortunately that's not the case and Ron, the divide and conquer be, uh, ratified by union members uh- can i just say this dude is a badass uh, I he is he's the head of the United uh, Real Workers United Union. The whole bargaining uh, of railroad workers Ron Kamikau much more streamlined, and I believe railroad workers would have a lot more power if we could go into bargaining oh, yeah. uh, with these. 
Fortune 500 corporations, the class one carriers. Is it uh, Oni K's? One single organization. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Did I say your name right? Give me a phonetical pronunciation. It still has to be uh, ratified by union members. Uh, Do you think that's likely? It's hard to say. There's a lot of discontent out there. Railroad workers believe that this was our time. There was conditions in our favor. The labor movement is on the resurgence. Uh, The supply chains are a mess. The rail carriers are desperate for employees. Um, There's a lot of momentum on our side, and there's a lot of deep anger and resentment. The fact that the rail carriers have made record profits for much of the last 25 years. Uh, The rail carriers actually made record profits right through the recession of 2008 and 9. They made record profits right through the pandemic. And today, well, (coughs) excuse me, as we speak, there are probably hundreds of freight trains standing idle awaiting for rested crews uh, because the rail industry cut to the bone so deep that they simply do not have enough employees, conductors and engineers, uh, and also machinists and maintenance workers to keep things together uh, to properly operate the railroad. And yet they're still making uh, record profits right through this debacle. And so it would seem that one of the ways to alleviate the crisis in rail right now uh, would be to advance workers' conditions to make the job once again more pleasing, to retain employees, and to make it easier to recruit. Very few people want to work for the railroad now. In the old days, railroad workers would advise their children to get jobs on the railroad. That pretty much is a thing of the past. And finally, it's, it's Ron, very unlikely. the significance... I had my railroad watch that my grandfather gave me. It was, a, it was a really fucking nice watch. I don't know how he got He was a coal miner, though. I don't know how he ended up with that watch. Some deal with a... Because clearly the trains took the coal out of the mountains. ...of this going right to the top. I mean, for this negotiation to go on for 20 hours uh, with Marty Walsh, the transport, um, the um, um, secretary of labor, um, then Biden calling in uh, at nine o'clock, considered the most pro-labor president in history, uh, what this meant for um, the deal to be sealed this morning. I shouldn't say sealed because the... Dustin, are you one of those watch people? Are you one of those? <laughs> like, I, I I, didn't realize people like that exist. Well, there's people of every every ilk, I guess. So every, everybody's got their own quirks. But, like, you meet a watch person, and, like, it's, it's like they tell you they're a watch person. <laughs> it, is, it is like, bam. Oh, you're not a watch person? Okay. <laughs> they just kept giving them to you. Fair enough, fair enough. Rank and file decide that in the end. But for the, those at the table to say they have a tentative agreement at just after 5 Eastern time this morning. I'm sorry, Amy, what is the question? The significance of Biden weighing in. And do you think that 
He weighed in on the side of the workers. I mean, enormous pressure brought since, what, one-third of the freight in this country is carried by rail, not to mention Amtrak canceling all its long-term— That's a uh, hell of a journalistic uh, question. Uh, 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 train itineraries— That's why Amy Goodman uh, is a fucking badass. —passenger rail, so the stakes were extremely high. Does that put more pressure on the owners or on the workers? Well, I think there's a huge amount of pressure on the workers right now after all of this um, kind of circus that uh, to vote for this tentative agreement. There's always this idea that, you know, workers are greedy, they're overpaid and so forth. If you look at the demands here, of course, they're not really very economic. We're talking about having an, a, some semblance of a schedule. We're talking about sick leave, which most workers in highly developed industries and highly unionized industries uh, have had for, for decades, uh, dating back into the mid of the last uh, century. Um, and then, of course, being able to negotiate attendance policies, that was another issue that apparently uh, has been placated by simply saying you're not going to be penalized uh, for taking time off for medical uh, reasons. But that leaves the harsh attendance policy on many carriers still in effect. So all I can say is the rank and file will have the final word. There is a huge level of discontent amongst much of the rank and file. As we noticed just yesterday, the rank and file of the machinist union, which was the first set of union officials to agree to a tentative agreement, the rank and file did vote that tentative agreement down. So it remains to be seen what the conductors union and the engineers union and the others do uh, in the coming days and, and weeks. And we'll continue to follow this closely. Ron Kamenko, we want to thank you very much for being with us. Your locomotive engineers worked in freight and passenger service organizer for the Railroad Workers United. Coming up, we go to Ukraine. Uh now they did get a 24% pay raise. That's pretty nice goes to union members for a vote after a cooling off period of several weeks. So it'll be a little bit before we actually get a resolution of this. It doesn't say exactly how many weeks they have to wait. Maybe maybe it's about a month and union members all get in. It's how many four unions did he say? We'll get together and have a vote on it. I thought he did an excellent job. That dude uh, deserves to be the face of some union going forward that's bigger than just the Real Workers United. 24% pay raise is pretty good. They just threw money at him. They didn't give them the, the other material benefits like sick leave. Their health care costs were going up like 30%. Jesus. That's it, That's it, Dustin. They're seeing how much cash they can get. 24% is a hell of a raise. Now, what's Fo- what, what is, what is Fox News talking about while the uh, Rail Workers Union is... is talking about uh, whether they'll accept this deal or not. Fox is talking about migrants and the stunt pulled by Ron DeSantis and even Governor Abbott got in on this shit. 
Two migrant buses arrive at VP Harris's doorstep. To doorsteps of Democrats, including Vice President Kamala Harris herself. Two busloads of migrants just pulled up right near her D.C. residence at the Naval Observatory today. They came courtesy of Texas Governor Abbott days after border czar Harris called our southern border, quote, secure. Meanwhile, another Republican governor, Florida, Florida's Ron DeSantis, taking similar action, sending two plane loads of illegal immigrants to... Your 23-centimeter disco stick. I love you. I love you already. 23-centimeter disco stick. You live in sexual anarchy? Yeti guy? What Yeti? The Yeti? What? Are we talking about the mythical creature? Are we talking about the wrestler from WCW in like 1995? Isn't it some kind of a brand of like cooler that Chud's use now? What are you talking about Yeti? There's some other white nerd who dresses up as a Yeti. I don't even know what a Yeti is, to be honest with you. But no, no disco stick. I am not the Yeti. But uh, thank you for being a freaking follower, I guess. I I love your face just like I love all of my freaking followers. The Mountain Bigfoot. Okay, thank you, Warlord. Oh, Oh, okay, it's the Abominable Snowman. There we go. There we go. That makes more sense. Bigfoot in the snow. Disco stick, you threw you 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 threw off my segment. Okay, like I was I was gonna clip this shit for YouTube, like specifically this segment. You threw me right off. I introed it and everything like a professional broadcaster. Now I'm gonna have to go back and do it again because you just like fucking threw me off my game. Threw me off my game. Username is sus, Cicero says. Gonna have to take a vote. Do we do we kick the disco stick? <laughs> uh I'm I'm humored by it. Seems harmless. Albino Bigfoot. I like all the all of you had fantastic descriptions. Finger on the trigger, ready to band. Oh, shit. I don't think I got time to do this whole segment. We're going to, you want to, do you want to call in Disco Stick? You want to talk to me? I don't think I have phone lines open. So we're going to, we're going to do the, uh, the migrant shit when we come back from break here, but I got to, I got to bullshit for a little bit. But the phone lines are open, 917-830-4359. Or you can hop in the Discord if you're more technologically savvy. The troll chat, always lively over on Discord. Twenty. I I I don't understand the twenty three centimeters. 
But I, I, I mean, I trust you, Cicero. I don't, I don't question your judgment at all. We're going to talk about the, I mean, I've always got like the broadcaster voice going on and apparently like I'll go into uh, a gas station, like people aren't expecting it. They'll be like, good afternoon. I'm like, good afternoon. (laughs) And it really fucks with people. I can understand it. I had 20, 30 every number. <laughs> I mean, Dustin, yes. Ain't nobody gonna take my, my 420 or my 69, though. Love those numbers. Oh, I have no... You watch baseball? People in your sporty ball. I don't, I don't know. Is baseball over? Did they already have the World Series? Baseball's still going on. I feel like I would know they'd already done the World Series thing. Oh, they still playing baseball right now. It's like all the sports are going on. Or no, no, no. Basketball's not on right now. Got, you, they got the footy ball. They got the baseball. Basketball comes along in like October too, doesn't it? It's sports balling time. Oh, God damn. But when we come back from the break, we're going to hear from Mike Lindell, who is pro- possibly on crack. I was on crack. He says was, but I'm suspecting he's going to say some fucking crazy ass shit. Uh, We're going to get into the Los Angeles County Sheriff's uh, Department. Accused of having several gangs. They went and they executed a search warrant at the house of the woman that was investigating them. There's some shady shit going on there. Plus, right-wingers are freaking out about Mazzy Hirono and her speech. They say she's calling for violence. I laugh at this assertion, and you're going to see why. Come back on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol. Live. It's like the like I was rushing to get back here. <laughs> he took a tinkle, got you a fresh meme, baked a fresh meme for you while I was gone. Steve Bannon may be in deep trouble now, but I'll always love his work as Otis, the Andy Griffith Show. 
I like Andy Griffith. Some people have a visceral reaction to it. I don't get it. I'm 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 kind of a connoisseur of classic TV. I like Andy Griffith. I like I Love Lucy. I like Dick Van Dyke. Like some get smart. I like Dragnet when I was a kid because I was into cop shit. Probably wouldn't lie. I would look at Dragnet a lot differently now. It is looking at it now that nobody was married. I mean, surely, surely there were other families that had married people in them. I mean, you. You saw, you know, couples and shit would come through town. Andy married some people. He was the justice of the peace. It's just none of the characters that were centered in the show were married. Which was... Andy and Barney, they were were, uh, fucking living up the bachelor life. And Andy had been married, like it, like his wife had died. If I remember the backstory correctly, it's been fucking years since, other than just watching an episode here and there. I think when Andy actually died a few years back, probably 20, 2014, 2015, something like that. I had a nice little marathon. That's probably the last time I've really watched some. Kind of weird for the barber or the gas station attendant. The lawyer in town, Howard Sprague. He wasn't married. What the fuck? You, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, fucking Cicero. I don't know. I can't put too much thought into it. I had no clue that he served in the army during World War II. I keep wanting... <laughs> I wanted to watch The Ghost of Mr. Chicken and fucking Sparkles would not watch it with me. She had a visceral reaction to Don Knotts, apparently. I'm probably singing like the Pink Panther now. I like I'm fucking... I don't have the tune in my head. Well, the biggest story going on in the country, at least in my opinion, has been the potential for a railway strike. Fox News has been focused on the border crisis. Apparently, Kaylee McEnany said this is like a really bad SNL skit. Ron DeSantis and... Greg Abbott, the governors for Texas and Florida, respectively. They sent busfuls of migrants 
to different parts of the country, including <laughs> the vice presidential residence. Democrats, including Vice President Kamala Harris herself. Two busloads of migrants just pulled up right near her D.C. residence at the Naval Observatory today. They came courtesy of Texas Governor Abbott days after border czar Harris called our southern border, quote, secure. Meanwhile, another Republican governor, Florida, Florida's Ron DeSantis, taking similar action, sending two plane loads of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, you know, that ritzy vacation hotspot for wealthy liberals, including the Obamas and Oprah Winfrey. Democrats and the liberal media have been blasting these moves, vilifying the governors as inhumane and racist, and even comparing well, it yeah. to Nazis. Watch. Governor Abbott's racist and xenophobic practices of expulsion have only amplified the challenges many of these migrants have experienced on their Well, since we brought it up, do you want to go ahead and do the history? <laughs> like she, she went ahead and addressed the, the criticism I was going to come at her with. So let's go ahead. Let's hear like what the actual history is and uh, decide for ourselves, can't we? Ron DeSantis' new uh, flew immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, echoing a racist stunt from exactly 60 years ago. In 1962, it was just a bunch of racists. This time, the inhumanity comes at the hands of the state. Yesterday, close to 50 undocumented immigrants arrived on the tiny island of Martha's Vineyard. When they landed at the airport, they had a brochure for the Martha's Vineyard Community Center. So they walked the two miles to get there, having had nearly no food or water all day, according to the Cape Cod Times. Two planes left from Texas, but many of the immigrants were originally from Venezuela. It didn't take long for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to take credit. Yes, Florida can confirm the two planes with illegal immigrants that arrived in Martha's Vineyard today were part of the state's relocation program to transport illegal immigrants uh, to sanctuary destinations. The governor's communications director, Taryn Finsky, told foxnews.com. She went on to say it was done in response to the Biden administration's open borders policy. Fox News ran the story under a banner on its homepage exclusive. DeSantis flying illegal immigrants to swanky hideaway for the rich and famous. But it was 60 years ago when this corner of Massachusetts was the center of a similarly cruel stunt. It is a little told chapter of history uh, called uh, in the media at the time, the Reverse Freedom Rides. The summer of 1962, a group of white segregationists and supremacists known as the White Citizens Council passed out leaflets and placed wanted ads in the southern newspapers to recruit black families with the promise of jobs up north and in particular uh, in Hyannis, where the where then President John A uh, John F Kennedy spent summers with his family. The ad reads: "President Kennedy's brother assures you a grand reception to Massachusetts. Good jobs, housing, etc., are promised." The deceptive and inhumane plan was a response to the heroic freedom rides the year before. Civil rights activists rode buses into the segregated South, and a year later, the White Citizens Council sent busloads of black riders up to the North. 
For many years, certain politicians, educators, and certain religious leaders have used the white people of the South as a whipping boy, to put it mildly, to further their own ends and their political campaigns, says Amos Guthridge, one of the White Citizens Council organizers in footage unearthed by NPR's Gabriel Emanuel in 2020. We're going to find out if people like Ted Kennedy and the Kennedys, all of them, really do have an interest in the... Uh, black people and really do have a love for the black people. Any of the 53 people who arrived at Hyannis, including 33 children, were sent to the Cape Cod Community College where they were given food and bedding collected by the Cape Cod chapter of the NAACP. It's one of the most inhumane things I've seen in my years of social action, a local Cape activist, Margaret Mosley, said in 1994. Sharpie Diesel, good evening. I love your face. Thank you for being here. So that's the actual backstory of what happened. Esquire goes on. You guys can read that for yourselves. Let's go back to Fox News. Who's going to try to shake off those accusations by just saying, nuh-uh journey to find a safe place. I mean, the conservative estimate is about $80,000 per bus trip. But we know that, you know, racists don't mind paying this money. So racists, you know, are, are willing to pay the money and they don't care if taxpayers pay the brunt. We woke up to the news this morning that Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida sent two plane loads of migrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard off the coast of Massachusetts, including kids and whatnot. And I'm not saying this is not a one for one. This is not a parallel here. Binging pineapple. But it does address some of the I don't know about decreased sex drive, maybe baldness. There might, be, there might be some correlation. I don't know. Some of the same themes, Tammy. <laughs> Mandy, good evening. Racist and humane in Martha's Vineyard, but not at the southern border? How did they get up with this? Yeah, it's it's of course shock value mentioning that moving people into that dynamic to dis, to you know confuse them. The fact of the matter is, it is this rhetoric about sanctuary cities that provides an incentive around the world. The word sanctuary, it's powerful. These individuals from all over the world, not just South and Central America, but certainly there, have spent weeks, if not months, in dangerous, unknown, crazy, uh, you know. Dynamics where children are abused, where there's sex trafficking, where people, we've just seen a story uh, where we have found uh, traffickers uh, transporting people in suitcases and in water barrels. Mm. And these people who created this incentive and who've made it possible to make money. Wait, wait a minute. I think she's talking about the story out of South Korea. Because we're going to talk about that one later, just because that's a wild fucking story. But what does that have to do with the border? Is she just trying to connect it to another story that's that's current? Soulless death and despair. (laughs) Good evening. Thank you for being a freaking follower. I love your face. Please do not fall into a soulless pit of death and despair. I know I know it's a weird dichotomy over here, me sitting here with a, a ghost shirt looking kind of metal, and yet I have the rainbow graphics with the with the troll head and <laughs> the big smiley face. It's all a contradiction. It's all a contradiction. 
but good evening like this on the backs of human beings the littering of the human bodies that we don't see along this trail from the middle east from asia from south and central america creating this dynamic where people want to go take that first step pay all their money to get here and then suddenly the first time they have actual secure transportation to a city or to an environment that portrays itself as this is the place to come this is where you will be safe and now they complain and are condemned. What do you mean safe, safe place for chuds? You want to have a conversation with me? <laughs> I this is a safe. This is a safe space for anybody. I mean, people can say stupid shit. They're harmless and stuff like what what rules did we decide on we oh this was discord we were trying to decide on discord rules and we were just like two slurs and you're out I'm like that sounds good ban after two slurs I exclusively say stupid shit I love you already you're cool thank you Phoebe that's the that's the per that's the perfect rule. One slur you get warned, two slurs you're out. Love it. And like we don't we don't consider a lot of things slurs, just like fucking ableist slurs. Slurs against, you know, ethnic groups and minorities. That sort of thing. And it depends on what you're looking for. Depends on which slurs. Some are harmless. <laughs> One of them I can't say on Twitch that's completely harmless. I can't say it on Twitch. <laughs> because of Chuds. <laughs> Oh God! I I'm I'm just gonna let play. Damned, and it's considered an assault on these cities. What this has revealed is the lie of what Democrats have said, the danger yeah. that that rhetoric has placed people in, and then when people make it to this point, they condemn uh, the governors for trying to help facilitate some level of safety. And, of course, it shows you that they've never intended there to be sanctuary from the first point. It's always been about disrupting Wait, what? the border. what? 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 Uh, I don't... She... Right-wingers just make up shit. I want to point out that, like... <laughs> the migrants have been welcomed. The migrants have been welcomed. Go over here to my... Let me find my bookmarks why they don't show up over here. In GOP states, at the expense of the lives of children, of women, who remain enslaved in this country in part due, due to uh, uh, having to pay back uh, you know, the money they've... Uh... I want to point out what happened when the migrants went into these communities that right-wingers sent them to. 
Migrants and local high school AP Spanish students who have been dismissed from school to help interpret play a ball game in the parish house parking lot to pass the time. The <laughs> the took them in sent the sent the AP Spanish students to make sure that uh, they knew they were welcome. <laughs> And the right wingers, the right wingers want to act like you know, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna uh, be horrified when they get the migrants in their communities. No, no, they treated them like people. They treated them like people. Who would have funk it? They've taken to get here with, with uh, uh, you know, some kind of Yeah, work. they got to work it off. they got to work it off. So, yeah. yeah, it exposes the lie and, and uh, what it's done to human lives. It's yeah. shameful. Yeah. And let's, I just let's expose about your lie, ma'am. To, you're pointing out that, that condescension of the left where they say, well, look, 50 people is fine, says the mayor of Martha's Vineyard. We gave them beds and we gave them health care, he said, right? Patting himself on the back for 50. But the overflowing thousands, that's ignored. The vile conditions currently in El Paso, which you've covered extensively on your show, the smell of human waste littering the streets because there is no space for anyone, that's ignored. It's the cruel. So they sent migrants... Martha's Vineyard and everybody in Martha's Vineyard welcomed them and treated them humanely and Fox News is pissed off about that (laughs) make it make sense cruelty of compassion and the joke, the mockery that these Dems make of their own little villages. Because 50 is okay, but 4,000 isn't. The cruelty a public of compassion. Like Mayor Bowser did. Well, the Democrat mayor of El Paso then put people on buses. There you go. <laughs> because that was the reality that he no longer wanted to live with. He had to tell his constituents eye to eye, I'm doing something about this. You know, Washington, D.C. doesn't have to do that because they can't see us. And they keep proving that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I guess those people don't eat eggs. Because the price of eggs is ridiculous right now, up 38% and going higher. And I only bring that in because as America... Are eggs really expensive right now? I had no idea. A real Charlie's Angel. The homeless advocates in Martha's Vineyard stated the migrants must leave. I have no evidence of that. Americans are struggling to put food on the table. These are people who are going to need to eat, too. And they'll be eating up our tax dollars. And look, we have the heart to take care of them. We will always be America, filled with Americans. But these places, as Will Cain told me last, year, last hour, <clears throat> these places, these, these sanctuary cities and states, put out the invitation of come here. And Tammy is so right, they lied when they did it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? what? Now they have to prove to us that they weren't lying. That's right. They, they lied. They got to prove to us they weren't lying. Though they... None of this, none of this makes sense. got to take all these people in and not only just feed them, but make their lives better than when they got to the border. They got to prove that they're better than Republicans at what they're doing. But you know what they're doing? <sighs> Muriel Bowser. Mayor of D.C. begging for federal help. I need National Guard. I need money. I need all of this. I need, you know, meanwhile, as you just said, Emily, I mean hundreds of thousands 
have been taken in at the border that we know of. Close to two million mm -hmm. by the end of the first fiscal year in Biden's presidency. Wow. Biden's America. And I'll ask you that same question, Kaylee, because I can't wrap my head around it. Why is it vile and inhumane for these border mayors and, and border governors to help spread out, to try to account for the resources being diluted on their end? It's, it's vile and humane for them to spread that love. But it's not vile and humane to have the poorest southern border be open like an absolute tidal wave that subjects all of these. They just say that. They just say that without any evidence. It's so annoying. Migrants to these filthy, horrible, vile conditions. Hey, you asked the million dollar question. Why is it evil and inhumane uh, for Governor DeSantis to send migrants to Martha's Vineyard, but not evil and humane when Biden for two years sends secret flights of migrants around the nation? There's no difference there. Um, really of interesting. Minors. Yeah, of minors. Those exactly. What an interesting uh, piece of footage came out. Griff Jenkins, brilliantly, goes in front of the vice president's residence at the Naval Observatory. He asks an illegal immigrant, hey, you know, is the border secure? The vice president right there, you know, over the fence in the Naval Observatory says it's secure. His quote is astonishing. Uh, the illegal immigrant says it's open, not closed. Everyone believes the border is open because we enter. We are free to enter. No problem. We came illegally. We did not come legally. So... I mean, this wait, is well, wait, 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 wait. Did you just send somebody down there and like pay him 20 bucks to get somebody to say that? Fucking Fox News. Just make shit up. Now, I showed you how this is echoes of a racist tactic from 60 years ago. Not only, not only is it a racist tactic, it may be illegal. I wish these motherfuckers could feel embarrassment. Ron DeSantis flying migrants to Martha's Vineyard may have violated federal law. The Florida governor's anti-immigrant PR stunt was needlessly cruel. It may have also been illegal, especially if reports that migrants were misled are true. Oh, shit. I didn't know I didn't have the full story, but my fucking... Microsoft keeps fucking with my ad blockers and supposed to let me read this stuff and it's starting to get really annoying migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claimed they were lured into boarding the flight with deceptive promises that they'd be taken to Boston for work opportunities and expedited papers something experts say could constitute a, viola a violation of federal law Approximately 50 Venezuelan and Colombian migrants landed in Martha's Vineyard Airport on Wednesday afternoon and were left to find their way into the town with little to no information about where they were or where to go for resources. State Representative Dylan Fernandez told the Vineyard Gazette that some of the migrants were told they would be receiving housing and jobs immediately upon arrival. It sounds exactly, exactly like the White People's Council what they did 60 years ago. God damn it. If the island was not notified of the transport before it landed, DeSantis used Florida taxpayer money to pay for the flights, but they originated in Texas. Migrants interviewed by NPR reported being approached in San Antonio by a woman named Perla, who offered them transportation to Boston. It is unclear if Perla was affiliated with either the Texas or Florida governments. 
the flights they were put on made brief layovers in Florida and North Carolina before landing in Martha's Vineyard, where someone on the tarmac filmed exclusive footage for Fox News. Well, we're not going to allow ads, so we're not going to see it. Transporting migrants away from the border is legally dubious, and during the Trump administration, ICE officials rejected a similar scheme proposed by White House advisor Stephen Miller due to liability concerns. The Martha's Vineyard stunt could be especially problematic considering the reports that the migrants were duped about where they were being taken. These people are reprehensible. And you know, a lot of them probably consider themselves Christian if only they believed in a book told them how to treat migrants when they're in their country. If only. Vampire Hunter D. Thank you for being a freaking follower. You already were, but welcome back. A vote to codify marriage equality has been delayed. Senators delay vote to protect same-sex marriage, struggling to get enough Republican votes to clear the 60-vote threshold. Oh, now now I see why you've... uh, been banned multiple times. <laughs> but like they took him in. They took him in. Treat him like human beings. On Thursday, a bipartisan coalition of senators shepherding a bill to protect the right to same sex and interracial marriage announced that the vote on the bill would be delayed. Hours before Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was expected to tee up the legislation for a vote early next week. The Respect for Marriage Act is a simple but important step which provides certainty to millions of Americans in loving marriages, said the bill's chief negotiators, Democrats Tammy Baldwin and Kirsten Sinema, and Republicans Susan Collins, Rob Portman, and Tom Tillis in a statement. Through bipartisan collaboration, we've crafted common-sense language that respects religious liberty and Americans' uh, diverse beliefs while upholding our view that marriage embodies the highest ideals of love, devotion, and family. We've asked Leader Schumer for additional time, and we appreciate he has agreed. The announcement is an abrupt change to uh, to the expected timeline of the legislation and could push the highly anticipated vote until after the midterm elections. Baldwin and the bill's GOP supporters have been involved. Luckily, the Dems are probably going to pick up two or three seats in the Senate, so that could help them clear the 60 seat, uh, the 60 vote threshold. Baldwin and the bill's GOP supporters have been involved in ongoing negotiations to secure the 10 Republican votes necessary to break a Senate filibuster and pass the legislation which included drafting new language to include explicit references to religious liberty. Because you got to placate the babies. But the announcement of the vote's delay Thursday afternoon suggests that those changes haven't secured up the remaining six GOP votes the bill needs 
four Republican senators have already come out in support of the measure. Leader Schumer is extremely disappointed that there aren't 10 Republicans in the Senate willing to vote yes on marriage equality legislation. But, you know, right-wingers are not only morons, kind of evil. How Senator Rick Scott is attempting to block Biden's effort at meager student loan forgiveness, 20 grand for people who took out Pell Grants. Elizabeth Warren slams Rick Scott's shameless attempt to pass a bill that would block Biden's student loan forgiveness. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren isn't happy that Republicans are trying to stop student loan forgiveness from reaching millions of Americans. After President Joe Biden announced up to 20 grand in student debt cancellation for federal borrowers at the end of August, Republican Senator Rick Scott introduced legislation that would require Congress to approve any blanket debt relief. Senate Democrats blocked the bill from passing, and on Wednesday, Warren blasted Scott for even trying to push the legislation through. This is a shameful attempt by Republicans to keep working Americans buried under mounds of student debt. Warren said on the Senate floor, Senator Scott's bill is just one of Republicans' desperate efforts to block cancellation for millions of Americans. Now Republicans are happy to pass out tax breaks and regulatory loopholes for billionaires and giant corporations, but they are fighting tooth and nail to keep working families from getting a penny of relief. Gelator. The right is saying that Senator Mazzy Hirono's speech about codifying Roe v. Wade called for violence against pro-life Americans because they are such special little snowflakes. And I hear my colleagues talking about how, you know, it should be states' rights or... Uh, government should not be telling us what to do. The word hypocrites, it doesn't even go far enough to call them out on what they're doing. This is an outright attack. They don't care. They don't have any self-awareness. They are unable to feel embarrassment. Back on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies. That is how we see it. And why? (laughs) Because that's what's happening. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country. Yield the floor. So, right-wingers are upset about a call to arms. They literally a call to arms in our country. I mean, literally call to arms means um, a call to prepare for confrontation. The literal definition of a call to arms 
is a call to prepare for confrontation. It's from the Oxford Dictionary. And I didn't, I didn't cut anything off down there. There was no other uh, definition. There was no secondary definition. Always concerned trolling with the right wingers. This was breaking news as we were coming on tonight. A judge has denied the DOJ's request for a stay in the investigation of Trump's Mar-a-Lago docks. U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon on Thursday denied the Department of Justice request for a partial stay of a ruling that enjoined the FBI from using roughly 100 documents seized from the Mar-a-Lago with classified markings in, the on, in its ongoing and criminal investigation of Donald Trump and mandated they be handed over to the special master for review. Cannon has also appointed Raymond Deary, senior district judge for the Eastern District of New York, as special master. A filing last week that amounted to a line-by-line rebuke of Cannon's ruling DOJ prosecutors wrote that they would seek intervention by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals if she declined to act on their request for a partial stay by the end of Thursday. Prosecutors cited the potential for irreparable harm to national security, not just from the FBI having to halt their criminal investigation of the recovered records, but from the uncertainty her ruling had separately caused, leading the intelligence community to pause its own separate review of whether the classified records or any intel sources or methods had been compromised. They will be appealing. See what the ruling is there. Meanwhile, uh, we have this story coming out. Trump's former intel chief was worried that Russia had compromising material on him. They want to say that this is a plug for a book. They are going to sensationalize it, so keep that in mind as we are reading this. Dan Coates, director of national intelligence, worried about Trump's relations with Putin. According to a new book, Trump's behavior at a summit with Putin sparked his concern. Oh, I remember that was Helsinki. Former director of national intelligence was so concerned about Donald Trump's behavior at a summit with Vladimir Putin, he believed Russia might have compromising information on him. Claim came in snippets from The Divider by New York Times Chief White House Correspondent Peter Baker, New York uh, New Yorker staff writer and CNN Global Affairs Analyst Susan Glasser. According to the authors, Trump's behavior as president raised alarm among top officials, including Dan Coats, then the director of national intelligence. Officials wondered about the root of Trump's hostility to NATO as president per the book. The authors say Trump made more serious efforts to withdraw the U.S. from the alliance than was previously known. Splintering the NATO alliance has long been one of Russia's main strategic goals. Coates, the book said, was also troubled by Trump's behavior at the 2018 summit in Helsinki with Putin, where he publicly backed the Russian president's assertion that Russia had not meddled in the 2016 election. In doing so, Trump contradicted his own intelligence agencies. 
Man, Mike Lindell just keeps talking. Chad, I want you to let me know what do you think his order was at the Hardee's? Do you think he says it here? This is the this is the story of his phone being taken at the Hardee's. Telling it again on the Charlie Kirk show. What what did Mike Lindell order at Hardee's before the FBI uh executed a search warrant on him? Well, anyway, then he says, here it comes. He goes, well, after about 25 minutes of talking, he goes, Mike, we have to take your cell phone. And I go, you're not getting my cell phone? I said, I'd rather be arrested. I said, arrest me. You're not getting my phone. I don't, even, I don't use a computer. This is all of my, this is my five businesses, my Lindell Recovery Network. This is my thousands of employees that I, I said, they rely, we all rely on this. I said, what would you need my phone for? And you can't have my phone. He goes, well, we got a subpoena right here for your phone um, signed by a judge. And I'm going, okay, um, um, I'm going to call. Can I call my attorney or, or one of my attorneys? He goes, no. And then he goes, he goes, I said, I can't call my attorney. And you think I'm going to give you my phone? If I don't give you my phone, am I going to be arrested? He said, no, but we are going to take the phone. I said, well, then I want to call my attorney. Finally, he says, you call your attorney. My attorney, one of my attorneys gets on there and goes, Mike, just give him the phone. And I said, I would rather get arrested. I said, everybody relies on this. And, and uh, we went back and forth and finally said, okay, you can take the phone. I was on crack. Right. Right. <laughs> well, <coughs> to this. Yeah, let's go with it. Take a citizen's phone. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Mike, I, I'm, I'm holding. I'm, uh, this, this is him on Newsmax. <laughs> Now they, you know, why would you take a citizen's phone? I, I don't know. I, I mean, Mike, I'm, I I'm holding, I'm holding Constitution. Yeah. The Fourth Amendment yeah. guards against illegal or unlawful searches yeah. and seizures. Yeah. Yeah. You may have a Fourth Amendment case against the F- motherfucker. It's legal. They had him. <laughs> no, no, they went through all. The Constitution protects you against unlawful searches and seizures. They they had a warrant, Eric. They had a warrant. The Amendment guards against illegal or unlawful searches and seizures. You may have a Fourth Amendment case against the FBI. No, he doesn't. But but for God's sake, they're going to find nothing. They're going to find a they're going to find a lot of promo codes for a lot of products where people have attacked my pillow. Newsmax has been great, by the way. Promo code Newsmax. Thank you. Thank you. I got it. Now they drops a promo code Newsmax. Oh, oh my God. Late stage capitalism is wild, guys. This is. Ain't even done with Lindell. He, he is threatening to sue now. I, who is he going to sue? I'm, I'm so interested. (laughs) He's on with Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve Bannon, who is, who is currently out on bond. Awaiting trial on his fraud charges. So, my... 
This is fantastic. With, uh, some of the best Thank lawyers you. in the country, Alan Dershowitz, Alan, um, Andrew Parker, Kurt Olson, among Stop! Stop right there. You just said some of the best lawyers in the country, and the first name you threw out was Alan Dershowitz. Multiple-time accused pedophile, Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> oh, these people. These people. Right-wingers are morons. Amongst others, what can we do with what happened on on uh, with this uh, seizure of my phone? They say FBI corruption, and uh, we are suing. As you're hearing it here first, everybody, we're suing the United States government and the FBI. And this isn't just to get the phone back. This is this is uh, my first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights were broken in the constitutional right, and uh, this is this needs to be go everywhere. Dershowitz gave an interview with, um, I don't remember who, like it might have been like Chank or something from from Young Turks. And uh, like just the entire time he was like, I defended Nazis, I defended murders. I'm like, (laughs) yes, I get that. I get that. And I, I, I agree that everyone deserves a good defense, but like, weird that you come out here and say that you, you know, like, you defend all those people, and then, you know, you also defend Trump and Clinton. It kind of tells us everything we need to know. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to be the Gestapo like in uh, Nazi Germany. Steve, this is, uh, we're being proactive. I was on the phone with these attorneys. I said no. I want to sue. What what can we do? We got all the lawyers on the phone. They looked up all these statutes. I, I, I think more than likely he was. Uh... I was on crack. Right. right. <laughs> We're going to go to places where no man has gone before. This will set a precedent. This has to stop. Nobody gets to bash people's door down and you get 40 seconds to answer your door. Nobody gets to corner. What's he talking about? What's he talking? Nobody bashed his door down. He didn't have 40 seconds to answer a door. He was at a Hardee's. They confronted him at a Hardee's. And take a phone away of a private citizen, their company phone, so uh, and their hearing aids, everything else. And everything I had was in that phone of all these businesses, my pillow, my store, Frank's speech, uh, passwords to be able to do money wires that I can't do right now. Those aren't in any cloud. I mean, this has got to stop, Steve, and we're going to do it. Mike, I'm so proud of you. This is why I call you the armor-piercing shell. This is why they're targeting you. You understand this. But listen, the FBI we know from our childhood and from our youth and all the great things they did. That That's all. That, and they got these phony shows on. Back, back when uh, J. Edgar Hoover was dressing up in pantyhose and then sending out people to infiltrate leftist groups and trying to bully Martin Luther King into killing himself. That's the FBI. That's the FBI that Steve Bannon misses. Back when they're, you know, doing the good shit.
And that, that's all got to stop. These phony shows they have on NBC and the MSNBC guys, we're going to take your pensions and we're going to take your security clearances and we're tired of you whining and belly aching about, oh, they're saying bad things about us because you're doing bad things. You're doing evil things and people understand this. Mike, once again, Mike Lindell's on offense. He's not going to sit there because they're coming for you. They're coming for you. Lindell, tell me one more time. You got Dershow. What are you doing specifically about the FBI and about these kick down the door raids? We, we, like I say, we had all the lawyers for over two hours. They might kick down the door raids. Once again, they, they, they confronted him at a Hardee's. <laughs> Even still be on the phone. They, I said, I want this done now. We don't get, I don't want this to sit back and everybody go, okay, well, might do this or might do that. All the lawyers were in agreement. We're going to go do it. Uh, set a precedent. We're going on the offense. We're suing the United States government and the FBI. For, they, they broke my rights, my first, fourth, and fifth amendment. And uh, they broke our constitution. No, no, they didn't, sir. They, we are going on the offense, and this is going to stop. The whole world better be watching this because we're going to stop this now. Otherwise, I don't even know what the what the Fifth Amendment is that, that would have been broken at this FBI, point in time. I said, why don't you just come and bash my door down like or a Carl's Jr. like Sharona Bishop? And when that FBI guy says, well, she didn't answer her door fast enough. Forty-two seconds, everybody. So if they come knocking on your door, you better have a little timer there and get get it there before forty seconds is up. It's disgusting. We're not going to let this happen in our country. You're well, you're from the tough on crime party. The reason they do that is because they don't want to give you time to destroy evidence, you motherfucker. If they think you have evidence that you're going to destroy, of course they're going to do it quickly. All because I want these machines, these electronic voting oh, machines. Oh, do not do not think that I'm kink shaming J. Edgar Hoover. It was just the. Uh, he was a hypocrite. He was one of those right-wing hypocrites. Do as I say, not as I do. I have nothing wrong with wear pantyhose. I wear panties from time to time. They feel good on they feel good on your balls. They help save our country, and this is what you get your um your privacy invaded and taken away. Um, a phone. You See, live they in could sexual have asked anarchy. They could have said, "Hey, give us some phone records." I said, "And uh, okay, I don't care. I've already given them out in these lawsuits with Dominion, and uh, instead they did this." Uh, on how the government works, sir. Scene in Mankato, Minnesota, surrounded no, to me humiliate like the you. By the way, Mike Lindell has nothing to hide. It's not the point about having nothing to hide. He runs his business. That phone oh, is his. No. That phone yeah. is his, and what's in that phone is his to run his business. And Ray and Gar- Merrick Garland had to approve this. Merrick Garland had out. to Garland, this is why I say there's no Not the Garland part. victory. We went on November 8th. That little squirrel got uh, Chris Ray's going to get terminated. The way we do this is anything to hide at the ballot box. And Mike Lindell is going to take the lead in punching back and using the Constitution of the United States. Mike, I couldn't be prouder of you. I know you're such a good man and such a your lived Christianity is inspiring. But I know they they mess You're with the lived guy. Christianity you go deep in the woods that hit his tripwire. But once you hit it, this guy will never back down. And and I'm gonna tell you, you take. I'm I'm long. No, no, no. His argument is that the FBI should just come to him and ask him for whatever phone records they needed. I'm happy to give them to you. All right, yeah. Can't take my phone. No, I've got I've got the crimes I've been doing on the crime phone. No, you can't take it.
wrong Mike Lindell against the FBI. Mike, how do people go and find out more about this? Where do they go? Go to Frank's Speech, everybody. Get the app. Download the app. Go to frankspeech.com. All the, there's so much information there now. We're going to be posting this lawsuit when we get it filed. But you got my word. We're getting it done real fast. I, I told those lawyers, we got to get it done now. We're not going to let them do this to other people. We're stopping it now. This is not right. And what they did. God damn it, Mike. There's still 30 more seconds of that. I got to cut him off. He's just going to keep going and keep going. Just like somebody who's on crack. I was on crack. (laughs) (laughs) My ass looks good in him, Ray. Ass looks real good in him. Uh, Let me hit the content warning for this one. This is... Fund for an Iowa teen who killed her rapist raises over $200,000 in under 24 hours. Good on her. Good for her. Good on everyone that's raised this money. A GoFundMe account created for a 17-year-old Iowa teen who pleaded guilty to killing her rapist has raised more than $200,000 in fewer than 24 hours. Uh, Peeper... Her Piper Lewis was 15 years old when she stabbed and killed 37-year-old Zachary Brooks after, she says, he repeatedly raped her. I I don't understand how she's just not let go. I don't know how she had to plead guilty to something. Pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and willful injury. She faced up to 20 years in prison. But a judge on Tuesday handed her a deferred sentence that allows her to serve five years of probation Perform, uh, perform community service and get counseling. I, I don't think she should have ever served a day behind bars, but if she, if she meets these conditions over the next five years, which she shouldn't have, she won't serve another day behind bars. It's, it's bullshit. However, her conviction carries with it an automatic requirement by law that she pays fifty grand in restitution to her victim's family. She's got to pay 150 grand to her rapist. Motherfucker. Her attorney argued forcefully that it should be considered cruel and unusual punishment to force her to pay her attacker's family. The judge said his hands are tied by the law. Leland Shipper, one of Lewis's former teachers, launched a GoFundMe account after her sentencing to seek her help paying the fee. In fewer than 24 hours, the account exceeded that 150 grand goal. Shipper or Shipper raised the fundraising goal to 200 grand on Wednesday morning. The account crossed that goal by 12:15 p.m. on Wednesday. Shipper does not deserve to be financially burdened for the rest of her life because the state of Iowa wrote a law that fails to give judges any discretion as to how it's applied. This law doesn't make sense in many cases, but in this case, it's morally unjustifiable. Shipper wrote on his fundraising page, a child who was raped under no circumstances should owe the rapist family money. And no, she shouldn't. Shipper said in addition to paying the restitution fee, the funds will be used to pay an additional $4,000 restitution to the state. Remove the financial barriers should Lewis want to go to college or start a business. Also, give her the financial capacity to explore ways to help 
other young victims of sex crimes. Thank you. Fucking amazing. It is up to 421,000 now. And if you feel the need to give to it, boom, there it is. Yes, thank you GoFundMe for not blocking this. Thank you to the 10,732 people who donated. Sorry, 11,300. But it shouldn't come to the there it shouldn't there shouldn't have to be a GoFundMe for her. It should, it should just be a thing that, you know, child is taken care of by the state when something horrific like this happens. Instead, instead, the state acts in reprehensible ways like the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputies taking boxes from the Civilian Oversight Commissioner. This is video of sheriff's deputies taking boxes from the civilian oversight commissioner that was investigating them. Beat cakes. Good evening. Love your face. are you guys with? And Mike Lindell wants to complain about his cell phone being seized. Higgins lawyer Austin Dove confirms detectives took a computer, flash drives, and an official police tow just showed up to take her car. They took her car. Egan's lawyer provided this photo of four of the 12 deputies who searched her home. More showed up at her office where staff says uh, they seized servers from peace over violence, meaning the nonprofit cannot function. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department executed a search warrant at the home of Commissioner Patty Giggins, looking into no big contracts awarded to her domestic violence nonprofit conflict there do you think that this was an effort to get you to recuse yourself oh absolutely i think that the sheriff would have been very happy had i just left resigned because of the pressure that has been put on me okay a whole lot of investigating right she's investing she's investigating but she's under investigation it's a lot going on here uh again that's why we're glad to have you here give us more context to this give us even more detail about yes please well i would say that Media Winch, do you know what the fuck is going on over there? Can you explain it better? Because, like, fucking, that sounded, that sounded confusing. That sounded confusing. I don't think I got it right when I was talking about it, when I was introing it. 
That comes back to the biggest question here, right, is you know who we did not see at these search warrants this morning? We did not see the FBI. We did not see anyone from the Department of Justice who would usually be involved in a serious corruption investigation like this. They did release the search warrant He's that right. allowed them to search these folks' homes, also Metro offices, also Patty Giggins' office, and they are alleging bribery here, that Sheila Kuehl allegedly took some sort of bribe, but it's just the Sheriff's Department parti participating in this investigation, which calls a lot into question. Well, let's stay there for a moment. I mean, is this a bullying tactic? Is there something, uh, is something valid to this? And where do we go from here? Are these just charges that may just stay out there and never actually go for a conviction of anything? Well, that's been an issue with the Sheriff's Department, who has put Giggins under investigation in office. Also, the Inspector General, Max Huntsman, is part of an open investigation. We have been tracking all of these allegations, but so far, we have not seen any criminal charges. We also reached out. That's why I was under the impression that she was uh, investigating their gang activity. But this, this story made no mention of it. I do have a different story. This still makes absolutely no sense to me, but I do have the local news hit on all of this. Let's see if it can kind of summarize it. But also, remember, local news stations usually take the side of the cops. Homes of L.A. County officials searched as part of corruption investigation. Anybody who was critical. LA County Sheriff's deputies serve a search warrant at the home of County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl and another department critic. It is reported to be a public corruption investigation by the Sheriff's Department. But as the facts emerge, so do questions. Is Sheriff Alex Villanueva targeting his political enemies? I'm Mark. And also, like, Alex Villanueva has done some shady ass shit over the years. Brown, this is Eyewitness News at 11. Our reporter Jory Rand live at the County Hall of Justice. Jory. Mark, we have heard several calls in the past that L.A. County has a rogue sheriff. Those calls are only going to explode after what we saw today. We've done stories about Sheriff Alex Villanueva going to war against the Board of Supervisors, but nothing to this level. Deputies showed up at the front door of a supervisor and a woman who's on the board that oversees and, and tries to look for transparency within the sheriff's department. They both say this is way out of bounds. Those are L.A. County Sheriff's deputies early this morning at the home of L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. Deputies also searched the home of Patty Giggins, a member of the Civilian Oversight Commission, whose stated mission is to facilitate accountability in the Sheriff's Department. What does he do? He dispatches a bunch of, I'm going to call them what it is, goons that come out today and, and harass her. Alex, I am told, recuse himself from this, but that means, of course, that he knows about it, and everything resides, all the blame resides with him anyway. If he doesn't know about it, that means there's a rogue element within the Sheriff's Department, and either way, it's totally out of control. By Alex, she means Sheriff Villanueva. ...the inside of Giggins' home during the search. Deputies can be seen rifling through papers as they go through the home. They also confiscated her car. The searches were ostensibly to look for corruption in the handing of a county contract to Giggins' nonprofit Peace Over Violence. The two women are friends, and Kuhl is on the charity's advisory board. But the L.A. County District Attorney said today his office investigated this case a year ago and not only declined to pursue it, but said today they knew nothing of today's search warrant and would not defend it in court. There's no ongoing investigation. There's no claim of any crime. There's no basis.
Wow. So the DA's office had already looked into the claim, which is probably a false claim anyway, and said that there was nothing there. And the sheriff's office did not inform the DA before executing this warrant. My God. It's clearly a bullying tactic now. It's designed to intimidate Patty to prevent her from, I suppose, making any critical comments about the sheriff. It's a last-ditch desperation effort by this sheriff to try to save his own butt. This search wasn't exactly a secret. When our cameras arrived this morning, the L.A. Times and Fox News were already there. The latter, a conservative cable news outlet that the sheriff is frequently a guest on. He's often been publicly critical of the all-female Board of Supervisors. They worship at the altar, the altar of wokeism. This is retaliatory. Um, that's what we're dealing with here. I'm certain controlled directly by Villanueva, and they send out these individuals to harass people he doesn't like. So there, this all raises the question, what is the purpose of a search warrant and an investigation if the county district attorney says they're not going to do anything with this case moving forward? There is almost assuredly going to be a response by legal counsel to both of those women who claim this is in, indeed a targeted hunt by the sheriff himself. Under Sheriff Timothy Murakami says he is the one handling this situation. The sheriff has recused himself from the entire investigation, and it has been shared with a federal agency who is overseeing this. The sheriff's department said they would not comment further on this ongoing investigation, but you can be assured we will see a lot more to come based on what we saw. This ACAB definitely means those cops. I think that goes without saying. So I saw R. Kelly trending last night. And I'm like, why? Why? Apparently, uh, he was on trial for child pornography. R. Kelly's federal trial in Chicago results in a split verdict. Singer faces possibility of a longer prison term after conviction on child pornography charges. I already thought he was never getting out. It took more than two decades for Jane to come forward about the sexual abuse she suffered at the hands. Let me go ahead and hit the content warning on this one. It took more than two decades for Jane to come forward about the sexual abuse she suffered at the hands of her godfather, R&B superstar R. Kelly, in the end, a federal jury in Chicago believed her. They believed her testimony that she was one on the graphic videos directed by the Grammy-winning singer, a man twice her age. They believed their ears when they heard Jane's high-pitched, heartbreakingly young voice refer to her 14-year-old genitalia. And they believed their own eyes in finally determining in a court of law that Kelly was guilty. A split verdict very hotly contested trial, a federal jury convicted Kelly on child pornography charges for making three videotapes of himself, sexually abusing Jane beginning in the late 1990s. Charges Kelly was convicted of carry a minimum of 10 years in prison. Conviction on those counts comes 14 years after Kelly's infamous acquittal on similar charges in Cook County, which were based on a single video of Kelly allegedly abusing Jane in the hot tub room of his former home on West George Street. Jane had refused to cooperate in that case. 
Kelly was also found guilty Wednesday on three out of five counts related to enticement of a minor involving Jane, as she was known in the trial, and two other victims who came forward to testify against him. In a rare loss for federal prosecutors, the jury acquitted Kelly and two co-defendants on sensational charges that conspired to retrieve incriminating tapes and rig his 2008 trial by pressuring Jane to lie to investigators about their relationship and refuse to testify against him. The jury of seven women and five men also acquitted Kelly and his two former associates, Daryl McDavid and Milton June Brown, of conspiring to receive the footage that was shown in court. Jurors apparently determined that while the videos they saw were authentic, they could not say beyond a reasonable doubt that Kelly's team schemed to get them back or even knowingly obtained them. Kelly was also found not guilty of filming himself with Jane on a video that jurors never saw. Prosecutors said video four was not played because Kelly's team successfully buried it, but defense attorneys questioned whether it existed at all. The long-awaited verdict came after five weeks of trial featuring 34 witnesses, jury deliberated for about 11 hours over two days before the decision was announced in the large ceremonial, ceremonial courtroom at the Dirksen U.S. Courthouse. Dressed in a blue sh- suit and tie and black glasses, Kelly, 55, stared straight ahead and had no noticeable reaction to the jury's decision. Kelly and McDavid, 61, were acquitted on charges that conspired to obstruct justice in Kelly's 2002 Cook County case. Two men were also acquitted on charges they received child pornography. Kelly, who has been in custody since his July 2019 arrest in Chicago, was led away to the lockup by deputy U.S. Marshals. Wait, 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 wait. He hasn't already been convicted in a case? I thought he'd been locked up. My bad. I already thought he'd been convicted of something. U.S. Attorney John Losh told reporters Wednesday that Kelly could face anywhere from 10 to 90 years behind bars. The prosecutors will request that his sentence be served consecutive to the 30 years he's already received for racketeering conspiracy in a New York federal case. Okay, racketeering charges in New York. That's what he was convicted of. There you go. Fuck you, uh, R. Kelly. Robert Kelly, is that what it stands for? He puts the R in rape. Woman arrested in South Korea in connection with alleged murder of two children found in suitcases in New Zealand. 42-year-old woman who believed to be the mother of two children whose remains were found in suitcases bought from a storage facility in New Zealand had been arrested in connection with their alleged murders. Okay, then. The woman, who has not been identified, was arrested in the early hours of Thursday local time in the southeastern city of Ulsan. A South Korean police official told CNN. The police official confirmed that the arrested woman is the same woman believed to be the children's mother, according to earlier police reports, who arrived in South Korea several years ago and had not departed the country since. New Zealand police said in a statement they requested an arrest warrant for the woman under the country's extradition uh, treaty in Tweety. 
in South Korea and have applied to extradite her to New Zealand to face charges. The woman will remain in custody while awaiting the completion of the extradition process. The woman's identity is being withheld to avoid potential identifying the children. South Korean authorities confirmed last month that the woman was born in South Korea and acquired New Zealand citizenship a long time ago. A Seoul High Court will now decide within two months whether to extradite the woman to New Zealand. The children, likely to have been between the ages of 5 and 10, may have been dead for around 3 to 5 years, according to uh, New Zealand police. It was RICO charges, Kelly. That's what the R stands for. Oh, shit. Hold on here. So, um, tomorrow night is the Friday Night Freak Show. Uh, Star Craving was going to join us for the Freak Show tomorrow night, but unfortunately, uh, she is not going to be able to make it. So, I don't exactly know who's going to be on with me. It's not going to be the media winch, unfortunately. Already, already tried that. But I'll find somebody. Somebody will want to come on. So do tune in for the surprise guest co-host tomorrow night on the Friday Night Freak Show. I want to give you a big floof, big floof dog. What you get for the end of the show tonight? Big boy just wants to play. Why oh, y'all gotta have music? God, he's huge. Damn. What do you feed a dog like that? You get one of those fucking big bags of dog food. He eat it all in one day. Jesus. Look how floofy he is. He's a hopper too. He's a Tibetan Mastiff. He eats anything it will like feed a dog like this a steak or some shit, wouldn't you? Can't just give him a can of Alpo. He's so fucking cute. I'd love to like I'd love to wrestle around with him. I bet he's so fucking soft. Or she. I might be misgendering the puppy. So like it's very rambunctious, so I wonder how old it is. You think it's young? You think it's like a you're too old. 
Like a teenage puppy? Or is it going to get bigger than that? Is that about the size they get? I mean, for those of you listening to the podcast, they're coming up like above these guys' waists. And when he, when he stands up on his hind legs, he's just as tall as they are. Pupper is indeed gender neutral. The puppers. Dude, I'm not exaggerating, right? Like sometimes, sometimes like I'm just stupid. Like, no, that dog's not as tall as him, but no, the dog is as tall as those dudes. Oh, he, he, wants, he wants a paw. He wants a paw. Give that, give that pupper some paw. He is totally as tall. That pupper is as totally as tall as that dude. That dude doesn't look like he, he wants to be, uh, he wants to be accosted by that pupper's. See who's on the Twitch right now. We're gonna dump you guys. Uh, let's go to us. Uh, there is a wide variety of people online. You know what? You know what? We're gonna go uh, say hey to somebody online. Guys, don't know who that is. When I was on that debate panel that one time, somebody, somebody, and like I thought he won the debate panel. He's got a he's got a we'll be right back sign on. Did I take it? You gotta stick around. It's a student loan forgiveness panel. Maybe maybe I'm gonna go hop on this panel and tell people what for. That's probably not gonna happen because I'm hungry and I made uh made spaghetti. So go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sag. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. No, not the Troll Patrol. The Friday Night Freak Show. Live.